The prophetic sermon broadcast is sponsored by The Service Club for all your interior cleaning and painting needs. Call The Service Club at 513-406-8201, 513-406-8201, and ask for Alvin Scales. The Service Club is fully insured. The Service Club, a clean job from start to finish. Welcome in to the Prophetic Sermon Broadcast with your host, Minister Alvin Scales. And now, let's join in to today's program. Well, praise the Lord. It is a blessing to be here with you in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to jump right into this sermon today, into this message. Today's message is, when there's nothing left to do, when there's nothing left to do. In the book of Judges, chapter 19, verses 22 through 30, the Word of God says these words. Now, as they were making their hearts merry, behold, the men of the city, Certain sons of Belial beset the house round about and beat at the door and spake to the master of the house, the old man, saying, Bring forth the man that came into thine house, that we may know him. And the man, the master of the house, went out unto them and said unto them, Nay, brethren, nay, I pray you, do not so wickedly, seeing that this man is coming to mine house, do not this folly. Behold, here is my daughter, a maiden, and his concubine. Them I will bring out now, and humble ye them, and do with them what seemeth good unto you. But unto this man do not so a vile thing. But the men would not hearken to him. So the man took his concubine and brought her forth unto them, and they knew her, and abused her all the night until the morning. And when the day began to spring, they let her go. Then came the woman in the dawning of the day and fell down at the door of the man's house where her Lord was till it was light. And her Lord arose in the morning and opened the door of the house and went out to, get, uh, to go his way. And behold, the woman, his concubine, was fallen down at the door of the house, and her hands were upon the threshold. And he said unto her, Up, and let us be going. But none answered. Then the man took her upon an ass, and the man rose up and got him unto his place. And when he was coming to his house, he took a knife and laid hold on his concubine and divided her together with her bones into twelve pieces and sent her into all the coast of Israel. And it was not so that all that saw it said, there was no such deed done nor seen from the day that the children of Israel came up out of the land of Egypt unto this day. Consider of it, take advice, and speak your minds when there's nothing left to do. People of God, Judges chapter 19 is about a Levite who married a concubine. The Bible records that the concubine played the whore and that she left her husband and journeyed to her father's house. 
her husband, the Levite, went after her and ended up establishing a relationship with her father. The Levite sojourned with his wife and, and her father at her father's house for a number of days, and then it was time for the Levite to go his way. He ended up in an unfamiliar place, and there was no one to take him in. And behold, he met an old man who was coming from work. The old man persuaded the Levite not to lodge in the city alone and took him into his house for the night. We find that this was a very bad place to be in because it was a place like unto Sodom. And just like the men of Sodom, the men of that city came to the house of the old man and demanded and desired the man who came to lodge at his house. But instead, they were given his concubine, and she was abused all night by the men of the city who were referred to as the sons of Bilal. Now, Bilal is personified as the devil in the Hebrew Bible. The scripture has told us that the woman played the harlot, which means she was knowingly involved with a lot of different men for monetary gain. But even though she was involved with different men because of her profession, does not mean that she deserved what happened to her. Oh, man, my point is that this concubine had involved herself in a lifestyle of sexual immorality and became the victim of unwanted and unsolicited sexual abuse, which led to her death. Saints, this is an awful tragedy, people of God, that happened to this woman. And you and I can even put ourselves in right in the place with this woman because we've had certain types of lifestyles that also could have ultimately killed us. Now, this woman was truly the victim of the devil's destruction in this evil world and the greatest extent of its wickedness. She was left in such bad shape that the Levite felt that there was nothing left to do but to cut her body up into 12 pieces and distribute the pieces throughout Israel. This woman, and I'm sorry, this message is, is, is about such things that lead us into a way of life and causes us, you and I, to make drastic decisions that could lead to our own destruction when we feel there's nothing left to do. The Levite, the man in the text, made that final and drastic decision when he saw the state that the woman was left in, a state of unresponsiveness, and he truly felt that there was nothing left of the woman after she had been severely abused all night by the men of the city. He felt there was nothing left to do but what he did to end her misery. What the men of the city did to this woman was so unimaginably wicked that the word of God tells us in verse 30 of our opening scripture, and it was so that all that saw it said there was no such deed done nor seen from the day that the children of Israel came up out of the land of Egypt unto this day. Israel had not seen anything to this magnitude of wickedness since coming out of Egypt. And, and this evil was done by men of one of their own tribes, certain men from the tribe of Benjamin. 
in the next chapter, if you get to read chapter 20, you'll see that the children of Israel actually went to war against the tribe of Benjamin for this evil because the tribe of Benjamin would not turn over the men responsible for this horrific act. Now, there are some women out there that might be listening that today, after they have spent most of their lives being abused by men, they feel just like this woman felt when she was being abused by men. Some have even lost all hope for happiness in a relationship and feel that they have nothing left of themselves to offer to a man because many have been walked on, stepped on, and treated like the woman in our text. This message is to reach out to men and women when we feel there's nothing left to do. See, sometimes we can, we can get so deep into our sinful lifestyles that we corrupt ourselves to the point that we have just about destroyed ourselves. Sometimes the things that we get involved in are the things that can actually kill us. We let the devil have his way with us when we allow ourselves to be used by him until we are one step away from death. We know that the devil wants that final step of death to occur while we are yet living in our sins. Kind of like the woman in the text. She was, she was living a sinful lifestyle. You and I know that if we read in that, that chapter. And part of her lifestyle is what contributed to her death. Sometimes you and I arrive at a point in our situation where we need help. But we don't ask for that help until it becomes too overwhelming for us to bear alone until there's nothing left to do. We are just about to sink before we ask somebody for help in our financial situations and we end up causing ourselves unwanted and unnecessary grief, sorrow, and worries. Sometimes we have taken advantage of people and burned so many bridges in our immediate sector that we feel like we cannot ask for help for fear that we won't get the help that we need. I want somebody to know today that we all have been there and we can get the help from somebody if we don't wait until it's too late. God will humble somebody's heart to move on your behalf and to give you the help that you need when you decide to call on him. He already has the help in place that any of us would need. When all else fails, God will never fail us, neither will he forsake us, because he cares for you and I, and he cares about what we are going through. Sometimes from our own actions, we wind up in accidents that almost kill us and injure us to the point that we are barely alive. Some actions can be the results of drinking and driving or driving while under the influence of drugs or sometimes it's just an accident because we have been distracted by something that we were doing, thinking about, or worrying about. Sometimes it's a miracle that we actually survive the accident or the devastating situation and we are still alive. But God has his reasons for keeping you and I alive. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verses 11 through 13, as God was saying to the children of Israel, the word of God says, God said, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, 
thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Sometimes these accidents can cause serious enough injuries, people of God, that we have to be put on medical life support. Now, when the hopes of a full recovery are not in sight, like the woman in our text, and we feel there's nothing left to do, then consent may be given to pull the plug. Sometimes we allow our emotions to overcome us and we end up committing acts in the heat of the moment and doing things that we did not intend to do because we felt there was nothing left to do but that. Sometimes these decisions, they cost us dearly, people of God. Sometimes because of our destructive actions, we are sentenced to time in prison because we made the wrong choices when we felt we had nothing left to do. The prisons are actually full of people who felt this way. And the prison sentence is actually the consequences for the choices that we made because we felt there was nothing left to do but make that decision and see it through when we involved ourselves in the wrong things. Somebody needs to hear me today. Sometimes we get ourselves into desperate situations and we end up doing the wrong things because we felt there was nothing left to do. We get into a desperate situation, and instead of asking for help to get us out, we take matters into our own hands and have to suffer the consequences as a result of our own actions. When we come to the place where we feel there's nothing left to do, it's usually because we have gotten ourselves into some trouble, into a matter of urgency, or into a desperate situation. When you're at the place where there's nothing left to do, that means you're at the final point and you're trying to figure something out to turn things around. In the book of 2 Samuel, we find out that David made some bad choices when he took Uriah's wife Bathsheba and got her pregnant. And when David could not lure Uriah into his plot of covering up his own adultery and he felt there was nothing left to do, David wrote out the death wish for Uriah and had him killed. David felt there was nothing left to do. God saw all of David's actions in their entirety, just like he sees our actions today. And as a result, David had to bear his own sins he had to bear his own burdens and suffer the consequences that were rendered by God, just like you and I have had to do at some time or another in our lives. If David had not committed the sins with Bathsheba, he would not have put himself in the position of feeling like there was nothing left to do except to kill Uriah the Hittite, who was also a captain in his army. Now, David did do one thing right, people of God, when he confessed his sins. God was merciful to David, and he allowed him to live and even to continue on as the king of Israel. In 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 13, the word of God says, And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin." Thou shalt not die. 
Sometimes we can get ourselves into situations that lead us to think that death is the only way out of our problems. There are many people who actually took their own lives, people of God, by committing suicide because they felt there was nothing left to do, there was no other way out, and this was the only thing left to do in order for them to get out of the thing that they had gotten themselves into. When Judas had betrayed Jesus, he knew that he had made the biggest mistake of his life. He knew it, people of God. Judas felt that he had messed up so bad that he couldn't even think straight enough to call on Jesus and ask to be forgiven for what he had done. But Judas, I want you to hear this real close. He was in the greatest place for repentance and for, for forgiveness because he actually felt sorry for what he had done. He felt remorseful for what he had done, and he acknowledged that he had betrayed innocent blood. You and I know that Jesus would have forgiven him because it was for the sins of the world that Jesus came. He came to bring about our forgiveness. It's because of his sacrifice that he died and was resurrected that therefore releases mankind from the penalty for sin. But Judas, acting on his own emotions like you and I have done at a time or two, he felt there was nothing left to do after he had made the biggest mistake of his life. You and I have made some great big mistakes. And sometimes we feel and we have felt that there was nothing left to do. And so when we feel that way, we're not seeing the hope and the resurrection that is awaiting us in Jesus. In Matthew chapter 27, verses 3 through 5, the Word of God tells us, Then Judas, which betrayed him, when he saw that he, Jesus, was condemned, repented himself, and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned, and that I have betrayed innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. When Paul and Silas were in prison in Macedonia and God had opened the prison doors with an earthquake, the keeper of the prison drew his sword in order to kill his own self, thinking that the prisoners had escaped. At that moment, the keeper of the prison felt that there was nothing left to do but to take his own life. And Paul had assured the keeper of the prison that the prisoners had not escaped and prevented him from committing suicide. And it was then that the keeper of the prison wanted to be saved, which was the only thing left for him to do in his life. He was at the point of killing himself, and at the lowest point in his life, I want you to hear this, at the lowest point in his life, he had received the salvation of Jesus Christ. And there are some of us who have been at the lowest points in our life, and it was at that point we made the call to Jesus. Sometimes the things that we go through are the direct results of our own actions and of us not following the path that God set forth for us to follow. God allows us to go on our own way, and his love, his grace, and his mercy still follows us wherever we are. But when we go our own way, 
we allow ourselves to be used, abused, and hurt by this world, almost to the point of no return, and we find ourselves in a situation that could lead us to destruction. This is what happens when we turn from God and do things our own way. Sometimes we are at the point where we feel that there is nothing left to do. This may be the very thing that we need and the very place that we need to be in in order for God to get our attention and to draw us unto him. When we recover from those accidents and we find ourselves in those prison cells for our actions and we find ourselves looking for a way of escape when we have gotten in too deep and when we're at the point when we feel there is nothing left to do, this is when many people humble themselves and call on the name of the Lord Jesus to help us and to save us and to bring us out. It's just so sad that we have to go through devastating situations to get us to that point when there's nothing left to do but to call on the Lord to help us out of these situations. God wants us to come unto him before we are in the self-destruction mode. He is willing to save us and deliver us even from ourselves. We all need Christ Jesus because we cannot change our situations or our lives on our own. And no one that is walking this earth that has been saved today did that on their own. Jesus is the only name under heaven given among men whereby we can be saved. And just like the medical life support that, that I described, when it gets to a point where there's nothing left to do but to pull the plug, you and I are also on life support. We are on God's life support system. And before God pulls the plug and calls us home, we still have time to call on Jesus when there's nothing left to do. I want to wrap this up by telling you, when you feel there is nothing left to do and you have to look to alcohol, to find relief, when you need drugs just to cope, or when your money is funny and the ends just won't meet, when you can't find what you're looking for in people, when the mistake is just too great, and when we're at the point where we that we feel there's no return, when the situation becomes too desperate, this is when you call on Jesus and let him lift you up. When that accident is the wake-up call, wake up and thank God for your survival and continue to call on Jesus as long as you have life because it's not too late. Let him be the healer of your life. Let him be the deliverer of your soul. Let him be the comforter in your sorrow. Let him be the answer to all of your problems and let him be what's left for you to do in your life. When you're at the point of contemplating suicide because we don't think that there's anything left for us to do, we can no longer take what this world has given us. At that point, get into a corner, crawl up, and cry out to God, and he's going to hear you, and he's going to rescue you from that place that you're in straight from the hands of the devil. Oh, I want you to know that when you need help with your finances, call out to God. When your health is failing, 
thing. Cry out to God. When you feel that there is nothing left to do and nobody that you can turn to in this world, that's when you humble yourself and lift your voice up to heaven and cry out to God because he has always been a very present help in the time of trouble. And he's still that same God that's standing there waiting to pull you through. Let God get the glory out of your life today because when there's nothing left to do, there is still one thing left that you can do, and that is to call on the name of Jesus. May God bless the rest of your day.
The prophetic sermon broadcast is sponsored by The Service Club for all your interior cleaning and painting needs. Call The Service Club at 513-406-8201, 513-406-8201, and ask for Alvin Scales. The Service Club is fully insured. The Service Club, a clean job from start to finish. You've been listening to the Prophetic Sermon Broadcast with Minister Alvin Scales. To correspond or to support this broadcast, you can write to the Prophetic Sermon Ministries, Post Office Box 14895, Cincinnati, Ohio, 45250, or call Minister Scales at 513-406-8201. That's 513-406-8201. And tune in next week at the same time for the Prophetic Sermon Broadcast on 1320 AM WCVG, the voice of Cincinnati.